Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, chapter 30. I realize the kind of preacher that I am. I am self-aware. And I realize that many times in my sermons, I can be very, uh, I can be very, uh, not hard or harsh, but I know that my, I know how I gear my sermons. My sermons are meant to, uh, the ones that the Lord brings me traditionally are meant to convict, right? And so usually that entails me getting all up in your business, right, and causing you to do some self-examination. Well, tonight I want to be an encouragement. I want to encourage you tonight, and I want to look at um, a passage here in Saul, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, and uh, I hope that it will be a blessing to you. Psalm chapter uh, so I keep saying Psalm. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Sometimes you need to encourage yourself. Sometimes you need to encourage yourself. Sometimes I understand that it's hard that in times of adversity, in times of struggle, that finding, an encourage, finding encouragement um, in that time is really hard to do. And I, and I understand that. And so, but what I find out in this passage, I couldn't help but look at it and be encouraged uh, by the way that this was, that this was done. And we see that in, in, this, passion, in this portion, uh, 1 Samuel 30 verse 8 tells us of a time when King David left a group of people unguarded and returned to everything that they loved was burned, it was destroyed, um, their sons and daughters were taken. And so consequently, we find David in a very, uh, very dark place. And we'll find out what David did to encourage himself in the little message that I've entitled, I Go to the Rock. I Go to the Rock. Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless this message. I pray that it would encourage uh, the church as, as it has encouraged me. I will give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray and we're thankful. Amen. Let's look at verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 30. It says, And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were, was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself, and the Lord is God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Sometimes you're going to have to encourage yourself. I like being an encouragement. I, I like helping people to feel good. I like being encouraged. If, if you haven't told, been able to tell by now, I like giving hugs. right? I like to sit down and be able to have good, meaningful conversation. I like those things. But sometimes, sometimes, I'm trying to use my words carefully. Sometimes, whether in person or through a passage, I won't be able to encourage you. Sometimes I'll preach, and maybe I'll, be preach, maybe I'll preach one of the hardest sermons I ever could, but I won't encourage you. Sometimes, sometimes the, the song service won't encourage you. Sometimes being at church is not going to encourage you. I want you to know that sometimes the only way that you may be able to encourage, be encouraged is by encouraging yourself. And that's hard because usually what we do is we seek for encouragement elsewhere. We go to this or we go to that. But what if I were to challenge you? I want to challenge you to, to get to a place, 
to, as we look at David's life and what happened here, man, David had, there were times in the Bible where David didn't have anybody. Several times in the Psalms, we see David going through it and he's trying to escape Saul or his son's trying to kill him or he's going through this and going through that. And David had to find out, get to a place where he had to encourage himself because sometimes that's all he had. And so what I want to do is I want to give you, um, I want to give you just four, uh, four points on what we learned through David encouraging himself and then a quick little list of some ways that you can encourage yourself when it seems like there is no one else available uh, to do that. All right, so number one, if you're a note-taking person, David encouraged himself in the Lord during times of distress. David encouraged himself in the Lord in times of distress. We find out in this passage that David had found out Found him in a rough spot. Ziklag was unguarded. He had lost men, and the ones that were left wanted to stone him. I think it's safe to say that that's a pretty tough, tough spot to be. It's a tough spot to be. Where something that largely was not his fault, he was paying for it, and he was like, Lord, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure what it is uh, that you want me to do. I'm not sure where it is that you want me uh, to be. It says the souls of all the men was grieved and every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. It's easy to panic when you get in a tough, a tough spot. It's easy, to, it's easy to freak out. And I tell you what, man, you told, I like to let you guys know that I like being transparent. Last week was one of those weeks where I had to spend a lot of time encouraging myself. A lot of time encouraging myself. I mean, through We've been working with the school trying to get it started, and Orange County is just not having it. I mean, every single way that we've gone, the door's just been blocked. And it's just, that's just been one thing. And of course, you know, we had the light situation and the power, and all this different stuff happens, and that's just the church stuff, you know what I'm saying? Not just personal life and things like that. And I'm not here to, like, pour my burdens on you because I'm fine. But I want you, I think, I like this because I want, sometimes people look at the pastor and don't understand that he's human too. You know what I'm saying? That I go through it just like you go through it. And there were some times where I had to really encourage myself. I had to really encourage myself. And I had to, some times where it was just me and the Lord just communing. And I'm like, God, I need you to just strengthen me today because I don't have it. I don't have it. Or I sit in the car after a meeting that ate up my entire day. And I'm just kind of like, all right. Oh. You know? And sometimes it's, it's difficult when you find yourself in a hard spot. But. I want to encourage you during times of distress to encourage yourself because life does terrible things and sometimes life seems to be falling apart and sometimes things don't, don't go the way they're supposed to and sometimes the things that you hoped for that would happen or would or move slowly seem to fall apart and a good time to encourage yourself is in times of distress. That's a good time. I tell people all the time. One of the most beautiful things about worship when you're in a hard time is that you're at a place where you're vulnerable. You're at a place where you're vulnerable, and you're at a place where, where if you can get yourself into a state of worship, that's some of the sweetest times uh, that you can have. Sometimes worship seems like it's more like it's better. You're hurting a lot of times, and you don't care who knows it. A lot of times you're going through it, and you don't really care about other stuff. You're, it's raw emotions, and it's raw feelings, and you sometimes you've hit rock bottom, and maybe sometimes that's exactly where God wants us to be in order to take that good look at yourself like we were talking about this morning and being able to say, God, I just going to commune with you because right now I don't have anything. 
Right now, I don't have anyone. Right now, and a lot of times that's not true. But you know how the emotions make you feel. They get you to a place where you feel alone. You feel you feel isolated. And sometimes the best time for you to encourage yourself is for you to do so during times of distress. Secondly, we find out that David encouraged himself in the Lord when everyone lost faith in him. David encouraged himself in the Lord when when everyone lost faith in him. You know there's going to be some times where there's not going to be anyone in your corner. Sometimes you're going to sometimes you're going to have to stand alone. And that's not even just that I'm talking about trials or a certain situation. Sometimes you'll just find yourself by yourself. And it seems like no one, you, anyone ever had one of those moments, kind of like an existential crisis where it's like, well, no one really, I don't have anybody. I don't have anyone that, that really shows that they believe or they have faith in what I can do or, or is able to apply that and help me or whatever it may be. But David encouraged himself where, the, where half of his people were, were gone, taken captive, killed, and the other half wanted to kill him. So he's like, I'm really alone. I'm really alone right now. And David encouraged himself in the Lord when everyone lost faith in him. They spoke of stoning him. And, and it's like, what do you do when you are, sometimes you ask yourself, what do I do when you're in a position of leading and those who are supposed to follow you no longer believe in your leadership? Stuff like, what are you going to do like when your spouse, like Job, right? Job's wife said, why don't you just go ahead and just curse God and die? What do you do when the person you love tells you that? The person that you, that you want, hope to be your rock, loses faith in all that's supposed to be going on. What about children and their parents? When your children are looking up to you, or they're looking to you, or maybe they've gotten to a place where maybe something has happened or something is going on and they stop looking to you. I think about that passage in Proverbs 31 where it says her children call her blessed, right? Her children call her blessed. And what happens if your kids aren't doing that? What do you do? What do you do? How do, how do you handle that? Or, the, or about the pastor and the flock? You know, I have to get to a place that if nobody stands, I have, that's the kind of mentality that I've got to have. And it's not the case, and praise the Lord for that. But I have to have that mentality that if no one else shows up, I have to. That if it's no one else will do it, then I'm going to have to do it. I have to, I have to get to the place where no one else stands behind the vision. I'm going to have to you either do it or go. And you have to prepare yourself mentally to encourage yourself in those moments where it feels like that's happening. What about the, the president of the United States? Whether you supported Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, George Bush, Donald Trump, they're going to have to make decisions and stand behind their convictions whether people stand behind them or not. Do you see how this is applicable to all walks of life? That you can get to a place where you're going to have to decide, what am I going to do if nobody else stands with me? What about you as a Christian? What are you going to do when you're at work and no one else believes like you do? What are you going to do when you're at school and no one else believes like you? What are you going to do when, when the people who, who you spend most of your time around don't believe like you do and they're constantly challenging? Are you going to cave and fall by the wayside or are you going to stand firm and encourage yourself even when it feels like you couldn't? Man, Moses is, Moses is like that. Uh, that's, Moses had that feeling when he, the people constantly murmured. They constantly complained. They constantly had something to say, and he was getting so tired of it. 
And instead of encouraging himself, what do you do? He struck the rock. You see how you got to get to a place where you're careful? And make sure that you stay encouraged regardless of if anyone else is encouraging you because you don't want to make mistakes like that. Or like Samuel. When Samuel was there and the people came to Samuel and they said, we wanted a king. He said, what about God and God leading you? He said, no. They said, no, we want a king. What do you do? They lost faith in his leadership. They lost faith in who he was. Jesus dying on the cross is the biggest example. We're, look, we're working in our Journeying with John series on Wednesday nights, but we see over and over and over again how, remember last week they were following, I mean, they got in a whole, they, they wanted to be where he was so much that they got into a ship and followed him across the sea to get where he was. What about when he, what about when he was on the cross? Nobody. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have to remember that God knows that nothing anyone else says or does can sometimes shake what God has put together. Isn't that what his word says? What God put together, let no man put us under. It's hard to stand straight and stand firm, but it has to be done even when everyone else loses faith in you. When those around you don't believe in you anymore and no one, it seems like no one else is there, what do you do? Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Number three. David encouraged himself when the circumstances were devastating. David encouraged himself when the circumstances were devastating. What was done was done. There was no going back. David had realized that the men at Ziklag were gone. The city was raided. Nothing that he could do could fix that. So why beat yourself up about something that you can't change? David was good at that. In the middle of going through his trials and struggling, falling, all the stuff that was going on, he dealt with it. But when it was over, David was fantastic at letting it go. After the baby died and he finally got up, he washed himself, did his hair, ate, drank. And I said, how can you eat and how can you drink because your child is gone now? He says, my, my kid's gone. I can't do anything about it. One day I'll go to him and that encourages me. But other than that, what am I going to do? Can't fix it. I might as well live. Hey, sometimes the circumstances are devastating. And sometimes damage gets done to you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Sometimes it feels like, what are you going to do? Be like Elijah. Not Elijah, excuse me, but be like Jonah. Remember Jonah finally went over to Nineveh and 120,000 people. Got saved. Probably one of the biggest revivals in Bible history. And what did he do? He was sulking under the gourd. But although Jonah was wrong in that context, what about you when you're sitting under your gourd? When your circumstances are just troubling and, and, and damage has been done, but what are you going to do? You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. How many times have you gone through things that were out of your control and instead of letting it go and letting God take care of it and encouraging yourself in it, you worried instead, panicked instead, got angry instead, got depressed instead? What do you, one, the best thing for us to do in those times is for us to encourage ourselves. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Number four, David encouraged himself in the Lord as a first option and not as a last resort. You read that passage again, it says in David, verse 6, 
was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, and every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. What are you going to do in, in, in those situations when you're, when you're struggling, you're kind of going through it, it? It's hard for you to handle. It's hard for you to, 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 take a, to get a grasp on. And what do you do? We see that David, that David did this. He looked over here. People were dead. City was burned down. Stuff was gone. He looked over here. Pitchforks. You know, torches, all the... All that good old-fashioned witch hunt, right? Someone has to be blamed, right? And he looked around at just destruction and decay all around him. And his first option was not, okay, what do I do? His first option was not, how do I fix this? His first option was like, I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to encourage myself. Because if you're anything like David, anything like me, we get to a place where the first option that we have in these situations and in these struggles is let stress, anxiety, worry. And it's great to be like, you know what? God is so good. God is so good. And it's hard to say that when you're in the valley, isn't it? It's hard to praise God. It's hard to lift up a hand and cry holy when you're going through it. And that's a lesson that I know that I still am working on perfecting because as humans, our first inclination is to just get anxiety and, and to get stress. And instead of doing that, we got to encourage ourselves and remind ourselves of what God's done and how God's fixed things. And my challenge to you is that whenever it feels like Whenever it feels like you're in a time of distress, whenever it feels like everyone lost faith in you, whenever it feels like the circumstances are devastating, whenever it feels like there are no other options, don't even think about that. I want you to think of the, of the Lord first. We're so good at exhausting all of our other options first and then going to God. And that's a waste of time, energy, resources when God should have been the first one that we ran to. We need to be running to God and not away. So how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? How do you do it? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Number one, pray. Pastor, that's cliche. Yeah, but are you doing it? Are you doing it? When's the last time you went through a struggle and the first thing you did was just bow your head? You know, one, one thing that I'm, uh, my buddy Shoten did this one time, and I saw it, and it changed my life forever. We were, walk, we were at college. It was, my, it was my junior year, I think, and we were walking to class together, and he opened his phone. He saw a text message, and we were in the middle of a conversation. He said, hold on a second. Bowed his head and started praying right there. I'm like, and he's like, all right, all right, let's go. I'm like, wait, what was that? He said, no, my friend needed prayer, and I just prayed for him. How many times have you said, I'll pray for you? And you meant to, but you forgot. Anyone else, that, anyone that ever happened to? Yeah. So you know what I, what I start to do? What I've been doing or what I've applied to my life is when they ask for prayer, I'll stop right what I'm doing right there and I'll pray for them. And I'll say, as often as I can remember, I will. As often as I can remember, I will. 
But if you need to encourage yourself, what I need sometimes you gotta sit down and, I, and you'll find that those are probably gonna be some of your best prayers. Because remember, it's not about quantity. It's not about how. It's not about whether you spent an hour or two hours or three hours in prayer. If you've only spent five minutes in prayer, but those five minutes were meaningful and heartfelt and really desired to see God move, that's way powerful than those three hours that you spent that were just clocking in minutes. But sometimes it's in those moments when you just you hear that news and you're like, oh, let me just pray. <laughs> let me just pray before I go through it really bad. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes we have to, as we seek to encourage ourselves, as David sought to encourage himself with all the circumstances that were going on, pray. It's the truth. If you prayed immediately for a situation, you're already setting yourself up to grow from it. If you pray immediately during a situation, you're already setting your Self up to grow from it. Here's, secondly, here's one thing that I do to encourage myself. That that's probably happens the most out of all the options for me. I sing. Why should I be discouraged? Why should the shadows fall? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? I get to about that part, and by then I already can start feeling the burdens lift. When Jesus is my portion, my heavenly friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know you are me. And that just, and you know what's funny? It's that same song every time, Brother Gary. It's that same song every time. All the songs that I know, it's every time I start feeling discouraged, it's that song that pops into my head. God knows. And immediately after that, I think about that story that we talked about last week in in uh, our journey with John's series when Jesus saw them from the mountain as they were toiling. And I'm, I'm immediately encouraged to think that, you know, God sees. God sees it. You may not even be a singing person. You may not like to, you like to do the congregational singing or maybe you'll jump in the choir, but you're not like a solo kind of person, you know what I'm talking about? But sometimes you just, you just want to sing. And sometimes you're like, man, I can't hold a tune if it was right in front of me can't hold a tune in the bucket, all those little phrases. But it's something about those words. And what's funny is I know that I'm young. I know I flirt a lot with the contemporary music and stuff like that, but some of the songs that come to my mind the most in times of, in times of trials and tribulations are those spiritual hymns. And I start thinking about all, all those songs, all those choruses, all those different things that we, that we sing and we spend some time on. Those are some things that usually then encourage me. So uh, number one, I said, you know, you can pray. Number two, sing. Number three, listen to some worship music. Listen to some worship music. You know what's good to get a repertoire of songs that you know speak to you. You know what I'm saying? You, know, you may know the songs that you say, wow, that song speaks to me. Or a passage in the Bible that you know speaks to you. And sometimes you can use those as your run-to songs. Or your run-to. Um, there's a song called... God Provides by Tamila Mann. She sings the song, God Provides. And number one, she's an incredible vocalist. Ain't, ain't that right, babe? Yeah. She's an incredible vocalist. And she has this one part where it builds up and she holds that note out. And I could just feel the spirit. And I'm like, yes, he does. He does provide. He does take care of me. He does. He does it. He does. And I think about those. One of my favorite songs. His Eyes on the Sparrow and God Provides are my two go-to songs. But sometimes I listen to some songs. We're on our way to church this morning, and 
We have a, a, a Christian song playlist that we listen to on Apple Music. And we are playing that. I remember a song. I don't even remember what song it was. But do you remember? I was like, oh, what song is that? Is that new? Did they just add it to the playlist? And I was, it was just speaking to me. Hey, sometimes as you, as you encourage yourself, maybe that might be a time for you to, if you're in a busy house, maybe go outside, get in your car, and just drive for a little bit and just put on some worship music. Maybe it's, maybe it's putting it, popping in your headphones. Maybe it's those songs, that, those songs that encourage you. How do you encourage yourself? Pray. Sing. Listen to worship music. What about this? Listen to preaching. Listen to preaching. You got podcast, <clears throat> Martian talk. <clears throat> Shameless plug. You also have sermon audio. You got YouTube. You got all kinds of stuff. You, have, you may have CDs or cassettes uh, that you have from maybe some of your favorite preachers of old. Think about some of your favorite messages and maybe use some of those to, to build you up. Use some of those to build you up. Some of the ones that you know for a fact will do that. How about this one? Read your Bible. Encourage yourself. Sometimes read your Bible. The Psalms are perfect. Hey, let me let, me let you know about a, a little bit of a technique that someone taught me, and it's one of the most beautiful things um, that I need to probably do it again soon. Have you ever prayed the Psalms? Have you ever prayed the Psalms? Try that. Where I literally got down on my hands and knees like I was going to pray like normal. And I opened the Psalms and I was just reading them like I was reading them to the Lord. Reading those Psalms like I was reading them to the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down and grieve. I just, I just, started, just started just reading, praying, the, praying, and I just praying those Psalms. And I ended up going through quite a few. And I remember I was, I was going through a Psalm and I just felt the tears. It was almost like, what, and, I, and I'm a sentimental guy, but I'm not an emotional person. Does that make sense? Like, I'm a pretty lovey guy, but I'm not a, I'm not a crier. You know what I'm saying? But, and I remember I, that my, my, my Bible just getting stained with the tears as I'm praying them. I can feel like my burdens falling with those tears. It was one of the, it was so, it was nice, honestly. And I prayed those psalms, and I felt so great. Um, uh, when that happened. So sometimes get in the word. Go to, like I said before, those go-to uh, those go-to psalms, those go-to passages. All right, how about this one? Spend time with godly friends. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpen the countenance of his friends. But we also know that evil communications corrupt good manners. Got to be careful about who you spend your time with. But why don't you spend some time talking to a Maybe sometimes when you're going through it, just call someone real quick. Give them a random FaceTime call, random video time call. Just, I, was, I had a, a counsel someone just a few weeks ago, and I said, what's some of the ways that you cope with your stress? What are you doing to help cope with some of the stuff that's going on? She said, I, just, I call my girlfriend. I call my girlfriend, and she just, I, I, it's a friend that I got reconnected with a long time ago, and she's just one of the most encouraging friends that I, that I ever have. And when I'm, when I'm down, sometimes I just call her. It may only be for a couple minutes. We may talk for 30 minutes or an hour, but I just know that I'm like, I have to just call her. And it just, and it just encourages me. Do you have any friends like that that just encourage you? Um, you didn't get to meet him when he was here. Maybe the next time. But my, my friend Sam is one of the most encouraging men that I know. And Sam is younger than I am, but I, keep, I always tell Sam, I want to be like you when I grow up. And... 
the very first time I just talked to him. He's the kind of person, he's the kind of guy, um, he's one of, my, one of our PlayStation friends. Uh, and he's one of those guys where um, you won't hear from him or see him online or anything for a few days. And we'll be like, Sam, where you been, man? We missed you. And he'll say, man, I just had to get, get away with the Lord for a little while. And I had to just unplug and just spend some time getting, getting closer to the Lord. And he's, I mean, great at the video games that he plays and just, lo- you know, loves a lot of stuff. But he's like, sometimes he'll just unplug it all and just spend days just with the Lord. I'm like, and, I, and he's one of those people where I just love just talking to. And in turn, one of the people that you love to encourage because of how he is. You know what I'm saying? You have a friend like that? If your answer is no, you need to find some. You need to find some people that you can talk to, that you can engage with, that you know can encourage you and be a blessing to you during times of needing encouragement. I know that's kind of contradictory because I was you talk about encouraging yourself, but maybe some of the reasons, is, some of the some of the ways that you can encourage yourself is by using that as a means to encourage yourself. I know that this person will encourage me if I talk to them. And lastly, and we'll be done, learn to encourage yourself by being an encouragement to someone else. Encourage yourself by being an encouragement to someone else. Guess how that works? You ever been, anyone in here ever been going through it, and while you're going through it, someone else was going through it, and they came to you because they were going through it, and you're trying to encourage them while they're going through it? That ever happened? You're going through it yourself, but you're trying to lift them up. Guess what I found out happens during that time? It's one of those things where it kind of bounces off of them and comes back to me. As I start to talk to them about God's love and talk to them about how he provides and talk to them about how this helps and how that helps. And the Lord's like, mmm, mmm, mmm. You really believe what you're saying to them? Then practice what you preach. You know how many times that I, you know how many times I've preached a message to you guys, and I, what I use, I haven't been able to as much lately, but I usually will listen back to my sermons. And sometimes I'll be, I'll be listening to them, and I'll be like, "Wow, I said that." Now I gotta live by it. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where I said that, and it ends up encouraging, encouraging me. And what I've learned is that sometimes, as you seek to be an encouragement to someone else, you're often reminded about those things that you're telling them, and it in turn helps you to be encouraged also. So all that to say this, sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Sometimes all the things that normally encourage you won't be enough, and it's going to take you getting some alone time with God by yourself to really see yourself come out of whatever pit that it may be. I remember I read that passage in 1 Samuel Chapter 30, verse 6, and that just encouraged me. And David greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved and every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I want you to try it. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I'll try it. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try to encourage myself. Spend some time just getting along with God. I maybe use some of these tools. Maybe try to find some tools of my own and just say, I'm just going to get alone. The Bible calls it your prayer closet. Getting into, enter into thy closet, Matthew chapter 6, I believe. And just say, I'm going to just, I might just worship. I might, and who knows where, I went on a, a couple weeks ago, I went on a prayer walk. Anyone ever did that? Where I walked around my neighborhood and I just prayed. 
You at work, babe. Sorry, I didn't invite you. But I was just walking, and I was just praying. It was hot, so I went back home soon. But I went on a prayer walk. Sometimes, when I used to live with my mom a couple years ago, I had, I had my room had a walk-in closet. And I literally, anyone ever seen that movie War Room? You ever heard of that movie War Room? Where she literally had a room in her house. A clo- it was like a hallway closet. And she had notes and note, note, uh, post-it notes and, and three-by-five cards and lists and stuff. And she called it her war room. And she got in there and just labored over people, labored over, labored over her needs. So I kind of mimicked it. And I went in there and I made my own post-it notes. And I had two lists on my wall. And when I was in there, don't bother me. Hey, this is the last one, and it's free. Meditate. Meditation usually has a negative connotation because it's usually associated with um, a spiritualism like uh, Buddhism and things like that. But what I mean by it is, have you ever just gone into a place? Now, this is something that I do, and I'm not sure if you guys do it, but it just changes things for me. When I go in there, and I, when, I, when I go and I get ready to pray, when I pray by myself and when I pray like up here or different things, it's different. I get there, and I'll, I'll sit down, maybe like this. And I'll just go, I'll close my eyes and I'll just go, take a deep breath. And it's almost like I'm entering, in my mind, like I'm entering into the presence of the Lord. And I'll close my eyes, I'll take a deep breath, and I'll just say, Lord, what do I need to know? Have you ever tried that? When you just, just get, I want you guys to try it. And just sit down at your desk or on the foot of your bed or on the floor, in your closet, whatever you do, and just take a deep breath with your eyes closed and then say, Lord, what do I need to pray for today? And you will be shocked at all the stuff. I'm almost afraid to ask it. If I know that I don't have, to, if I don't want to spend the time, you know what I'm talking about? Because it'll end up turning from thinking it'll just be like a few minutes to being an hour, being two. Because I'll be in the middle of praying for Jesse, and then Zara will pop in, and I'll be in the middle of praying for Je- for Zara and Jesse, and then Dominic will pop in. I'm like, Lord, can you slow down? You slow down for me, please, because I can't keep up. You know, and I'm over here just like, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and be shocked. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Give it a shot. Let's pray.